Yeah. And I think starting my first company when I did, I, you know, I started to learn all different parts of the business. I had to learn the finance and the accounting and the legal and the sales process and starting a website and all these things. And it's like, I could figure most of those out, but PR seemed like one thing again, it seemed like this secret, like black box or something that I couldn't understand. I didn't know. Um, It seemed kind of like a luxury, like a nice service to have, but I didn't have the connections. You know, I didn't know people that many people work in the media. The media seemed to go so fast too. And um, it was just nothing in the space is, is really connected. So um, as much as I knew how to do a sales pitch, um, which is kind of similar, I just didn't understand who the contacts were and how to go about the process. It seemed kind of like scary and uninviting. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. And welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Michelle Songi. She's the CEO and founder of Presshook. Michelle experienced uh, as a as a first-time founder, just how difficult it was for a startup to access the media in a meaningful way. She couldn't afford a full-service agency on her bootstrap budget and found the process of personal outreach time-consuming, yielding no worthwhile results. After selling her company, she traveled abroad to consider her next move. It was during this time and talking to local businesses that Michelle realized just how many small small companies lacked access to the media. That's when she founded Presshook, a media relations network that connects journalists and brands to create newsworthy stories. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much. That was a great introduction. <laughs> well, hey, you're a great person. You have a great story. Um, so, well, you know, I, I was reading a, about your story and reading kind of your background and what you said, like, just resonates so much with so many people. Like the media, when you think about the media, it just seems like this far-fetched, untouchable place that most people can't get to, you know? And when I started publishing my, me- I published my memoir in 2019, I was like, I know nothing about how to me- how to get into the media. How do I get people to know who I am? How do I promote myself? And um, it's really, you know, any effort that you do put to it comes up empty, right? Like for the average person, it just literally comes up empty. So you nailed that, um, you know, what you, you know, and in finding or identifying the problem, right? That existed for so many people. Um, and then you kind of turn that around for yourself. So tell me a little bit about what made you say, well, I'm going to fix it. <laughs> I'm going to fix it and help other people do it. Yeah. And I think starting my first company when I did, I, you know, I started to learn all different parts of the business. I had to learn the finance and the accounting and the legal and the sales process and starting a website and all these things. And it's like, I could figure most of those out, but PR seemed like one thing again, it seemed like this secret, like black box or something that I couldn't understand. I didn't know. Um, It seemed kind of like a luxury, like a nice service to have, but I didn't have the connections, you know, I didn't know people that many people work in the media, the media seemed to go so fast too. And um, it was just nothing in the space is, is really connected. So um, as much as I knew how to do a sales pitch, um, which is kind of similar, I just didn't understand who the contacts were and how to go about the process. It seemed kind of like scary and uninviting. 
Um, and the options really were, you know, you can hire a good agency, which is great to have if you have the uh, financial ability to do so. Um, but a lot of times your investors will say, like, just figure it out on your own and try to get your own press. And you're like, how do I do that? <laughs> so um, so I, I really was, I spent a lot of time just researching. Like, I thought there was something out there I was missing that could help me. And after years, you know, I didn't find anything uh, I wanted to. And the tools that were out there were kind of more for pros and people that, you know, maybe did this every day, had a bunch of clients, um, and it was also expensive tools in the market. So there was no real like entry point. There's nothing that was very accessible um, for my needs. So I decided to build it instead. And and you actually sold your first company to American Express, right? Yes, I did. How did how did you manage that? So not only did you get it to the media, then you sold your first business to a major corporation. Yeah, and it was actually my first business when we started getting some media like traction finally, and I started kind of like learning the ropes of how to get some PR for us. Um, at the same time, we were getting acquired, <laughs> which I think in some ways helped. Like they saw we had good press and buzz happening about us. Um, but also I had to go through a long acquisition process. Um, and then I had a two-year earn out where I worked with them for two years um, on the integration of the acquisition. And uh, so this was kind of like my creative outlet during that time, because I was going back into corporate America. I'd been there before I left for reasons. And this was really just my creative outlet. Yeah. It was something I researched and work on kind of on the side until I could finally leave and decide that I wanted to go forth and do this full time. So when you started to, to, when you started press hook, you said, you, you know, you did it on the side. It was, it, you know, your side hustle, right. Until it became a business. Who did you reach out to, to get clients? Um, because you probably had a non-compete with the company you sold to, right. So how did you find your first clients? Um, yes, I, yeah, but the non-compete can be different because I'm not selling to like a bank or something similar. It was a very different technology, what I was doing. And I wasn't, it was more, it wasn't like fully running. It was more just like kind of like the research um, beta kind of phase. Like I wasn't charging anything for it. I was just trying to figure out what I was building, kind of like get the research. So I was good at one time. I knew how to do sales. Like, so I could go and get like brands and businesses. And I was talking to different startups saying, you know, this is what I was thinking of. This is what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to test it out. Would you be willing to work with us? Um, and a lot of them took risks. We're like, yeah, hell yeah. We'll, we'll try something with you if it gets us like, you know, press and helps us get in touch with the media. Um, and then the thing I didn't have was like the media connections. Um, so I, I did finally meet someone that was a publicist that kind of helped me. And I kind of watched them really and said like, can I just see what you do every day? And understood the process. Um, and then we started collectively reaching out to some journalists to get their opinion and say, like, what do you think of this? Like, it was a demo product. And we got really good feedback, astonishingly. Um, so we're like, okay, like, this seems like, you know, we're on a good path. So let's keep going. So Neil is the media expert. Yeah, and that's what that's what I wanted <laughs> to jump in. And I have to I have to wake I'm up now. I have to wake up as as it's no. My brain was percolating and I was coming. Don't worry, Marisa. So <laughs> basically, a lot. I mean, I've done over ten thousand shows. The number eleven celebrity podcast, the world according feed spot. So I've always had PR reaching out to me to come on my show. Right, different publicists, different things, and then also trying to find celebrities. I've used Hera. What makes you guys different than Hera? There you go. I love that you know what Harrow is. 
Um, when I saw hair, I was surprised. I was like, okay, this is what exists out there. It's basically a listserv, you know? So journalists can write in what they're looking for, specifically like an expert or source for their story. Any kind of brand sees it, it's free to use. Um, they get back hundreds or thousands of replies. A lot are not relevant. Um, but on our system, it's like a digital automated arrow. They can type in exactly what they're looking for and just find it. So if they're looking That's for great. a product or an expert, they just see those results. And we use AI to even like personalize and show the most relevant results for them in the system. And they identify and they can just message that expert or that brand automatically and see all their, uh, you can see a description, uh, their certifications, you can see product imagery. So it's mm -hmm. like a, it's a digital press kit on the on the brand. You charge the journalist or you do you no, charge? It's free for media. Okay, you got to tell me to get on as quick as possible, you know. I know. I'll... We have some podcasts, definitely. <laughs> now it you're going to recruit him. More, it started with more digital publications, but now we definitely have more like newsletters and podcasts and other types of media. Who, who's coming through like, so publicists are reaching out with their specific clients for different things. So you started more publications and now you're going into the radio, TV, and podcasting, it sounds like. Yeah, I think it's just naturally like by word of mouth and I guess our marketing campaigns, what, what's come in. Um, we started off, yeah, just signing up brands directly and then the media, and then we've expanded now. We have um, about like 100 agencies that use us too and different like marketing, PR, all sorts of agencies, and then like expanded to other kinds of media that kind of happened organically. Like there's a lot of freelancers now that used to work directly for publications and they have their own you know, podcasts, newsletters, like different outlets. They're, they're pitching something in some sort of way. And what Harrow does, and I'm able to get in Harrow because my, whatever, it's not Alexa, it's something else. I have to do it through my TV show because I'm a local TV show in Pittsburgh. They don't look at the other terrestrial stations. It's kind of goofy. They're very, I think that you can continue to grow this because you're about giving opportunities. So like if there were celebrity publicists pitching a client, to specifically uh, some sort of, uh, you know, that they were representing in the PR. I think it's good in some ways for them to have to pay at times because it's a platform versus everything being free on both sides with Harrow. So yeah. I, so is that the challenge of getting people, and I'm looking at the business model more, to get them to pay the publicists and stuff? Because I know it's the people that don't yes. charge. You don't yes, charge we ask the, the businesses and agencies to pay. Because they're getting promotion, they're getting access to this media, they're getting opportunities coming to them. They're not even having to pitch sometimes some of them. So oh, it works wow. in a way that the media can come, can just like search and go straight to them. Or we do have a nice like kind of new next level uh, source request feature where they type in a request. And again, we like automatically show them suggestions. And then it only takes that request and goes out to the relevant businesses. Okay. So, so it, you're the like, whole a, point you're like, on like there, okay, there's too fine. many irrelevant pitches, the media guy. We wanted to make it more relevant quality. It seems like it's a lot more user-friendly. Let's just give you an example. If you right. buy contact any celebrity, if I was just thinking the celebrity side of things, just if we were kind of doing it in comparison, it's kind of cap comparing apples and oranges, but content at getting celebrity or IMDb Pro, where yeah, you're getting these contacts, but there's no real way to communicate with them. So you have to reach out. So this is a situation where if you're a publicist, you literally have contacts to all the media. So your goal is to get lots more media and then also get more clients that are PR firms and freelancers that might represent somebody, right? So that, that you can hit the goals, get them, get them publications and different things. So what do you think is the bigger challenge? Um, to get to get the to get more more uh publications to sign up, or it's probably the same, or or to get more 
publicists and agencies to join? Um, the journalists can be harder to get to actually just get their attention at first. That's true. Like once they get it and they use it, then they are active and, and like it and come on. I think it's just explaining to them what it is because it is it's it's like a network. You know, it's almost like LinkedIn. They come on. You have profiles. You you can connect to one another. You can message one another. So I think once we get through to them, <laughs> they they get it. Um, publicists seem to understand it a bit easier. Um, they have to pay, but it's like a low monthly fee, and we charge per client. So um, hopefully it doesn't. You know, it's not like breaking the bank for them. Um, if they can but get yeah, it's a little different if something's because think of, not. Think about sending that email blast out, right? Think about all those reach outs. If you're able to go and get your clients' publications and opportunities that quickly, it's a win-win because, you know, spending a couple bucks versus, you know, versus spending hours as a publicist, you're really figuring out a way to decrease that amount of time. Yeah. Oh, it's like having a junior, like, publicist on your account. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. I'll let you go back. So, Sorry about that. <laughs> so I have like a million questions, but um, that's okay. So, uh, you know, somebody who's listening obviously needed to hear that. So um, that's the way I think about it. And so, so as you're growing your business, it sounds like you, you know, you said you're growing organically and you're growing your business. Um, what are you doing to make sure that you write, have the right team around you? And, you know, because as an entrepreneur, you tend to want to do everything yourself, right? So what do you do to make sure that you maintain that balance, that you get the right people in, in place that support you, that you can trust? Because it sounds like you're growing very quickly, right? But also maintain your vision in the process. Yeah. I think when you get started, um, you know, we got started, we started growing really fast too. In 2021, uh, we started really scaling. But when you first start, like, especially a tech platform, like the tech isn't really all the way built out yet. So you kind of need a lot of people behind the scenes, like making things happen um, and kind of fake it until you make it, you know? So, and also you're growing um, and we raise money. So it's like, you kind of think like, oh, it's success means like me having more staff and we're growing and growing and just adding more employees. And then we hit a bubble in like, you know, mid last year that, you know, we noticed that we have, you know, we we're just growing a little bit too fast on some sides. We needed to get the tech build out. Um, so since then, um, I've actually gone like the opposite journey where I grew my employees and then um, we started building out more tech. And then I've been able to actually like reduce the number of heads, especially the ones that were doing more like manual account management tasks. Um, and just been able to get really lean. And one of my goals was to hit profitability. Um, and we're almost there probably next month. So fingers crossed. Good um, for you. That's journey, great. But you really have to be like so careful and like every dollar spent and where you're putting it and testing things. And, and um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy to watch how, what you can do. You can sometimes, you know, manage the same amount of like users and revenue with like half the team size you had before. It's just that when you're in growth mode, you're just in your growth mode. Um, and I think you sometimes have to check in and say, okay, you know, what is everyone doing? Is everyone in the right roles right now? Like maybe there were roles that were good six months ago or a year ago, but it's not the roles we need right now for the next level of growth. So, so what is, what is, and that's kind of be hard because sometimes, you know, reducing staff, you have a huge impact, oh, right? So um, yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I've had to fire people, but they're not mine. Like, I mean, they're not, they're, they work for me, but it's not my company, right? It's a big difference when it's your company. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Um, 
but, but, but those time, are decisions. Yeah, no, it's very tough. I hate getting rid of people, especially people that were worth it in the beginning. Um, but it's hard when you just, you need the right person for the right role. Um, and people right. that sometimes can grow and adapt into the business as it changes. Um, so you have to learn to deal with those things and do what's right for the business. A lot of times I have to go away from like how I personally feel, um, but, and put that aside, but, but in the end, um, you know, I am so proud of where we've gotten to and just how efficient we are overall as a business. Um, and so, yeah, I think we, you know, we have more shot at a successful future. What would you say? So, you know, you start this business and you, you know, you have, you have experience in, in the industry, but what would you say the biggest challenge that you've had running your own business? And what are some of the biggest things that you've learned about yourself running your business? Yeah. Um, so I started the business in uh, February of 2020. So obviously it was, I've always felt like since day one, I've just been hit with like just massive, you know, stumbling rocks falling on us or something and a roller coaster. Um, it feels like there's never been a calm moment, but which we've all had to endure, but it started off so rocky. And I just, and from the beginning, I had to have a remote office in my previous company. We had all of our employees in one office 24 seven. It was just one of those like startups that, you know, you lived and breathed together. Um, through to the end. And this time it was so different. And uh, I was hiring people sometimes out of college that had never worked or been to an office before. And so I think the hardest thing um, adapting to is just, you know, sometimes it is about like the virtual, just everyone going remote and having a more virtual uh, team can be difficult because like things can be just misread on like Slack and communications. Um, and you're not there together to like deal with problems or like cheers when things go really great. So I think that's been something that's been really difficult this time. Um, and you have to find ways to to bond with people and go meet them in person and, and get together, get them together. Yeah. The, um, the remote thing is weird because, you know, I've worked remote most of my career on and off being in tech. Um, but I think the younger generation, not so much, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're more tech focused, but I mm -hmm. think they have a different approach when it comes to Slack, you know, like yeah. Slack and teams and all of that. They're very just, you know, heads down, they don't, you know, I, I feel like they don't make the effort more to connect and get to know people more personally, whereas they're more apt to do that in person, uh, yeah. you know, when they're actually face to face, uh, because that's what, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's just a very different dynamic, whereas, um, you know, the, the older generation, I put myself in that older generation, we were so used to working, remote, uh, uh, working in person for so many years, but having to do remote work that we're, we're more apt to make connections uh, online, whereas the connections are, you know, kind of like social media, you make the connection, but it's not the same as an in-person connection, right? And I feel like the exactly. younger generation, it makes it a lot harder for those that have never actually had a job where it was full-time remote. Um, so yeah, exactly. Um, even in New York, like we, I used to just have all my client meetings would be in person just as much as you ever could, unless there's an excuse. And now you're in New York and other team, your clients in New York, and you still have a Zoom call. <laughs> you, don't, you still don't go meet in person. So um, I think that's, yeah, just the the virtual fatigue <laughs> can, can weigh on me a little bit more. I feel like my last company, I had some burnout just from overworking. And this is from like just over <laughs> being at your computer all day. <laughs> 
but and that's tough because you know being on a computer 10 12 hours a day you know for uh, from a mental health perspective you need that break you need that you need yeah. that water cooler talk you know you need oh, yeah. to be able to get up and get a cup of coffee and say hi to your colleagues and mm -hmm. you know things like that it just makes it a lot more personal yeah. I got a dog and that helped it forced as much as it was stressful at first. Cause I wasn't used to leaving my desk and having to go outside, but it helped me get up and actually helps me get outside. But I do think it's really important. Like you have to take those breaks, especially if you're working all day on your computer and not seeing anyone physically. Absolutely. Very unhealthy. There's all the, all the blue rays that come from the screen, all of that yeah. fun stuff. <laughs> so, um, so where do you think your company's headed next? What do you, what's your ultimate goal? We would love to, um, obviously just looking at expansion to more industries. Um, we started off really looking at like consumer goods, um, online, uh, you know, uh, e-commerce kind of like companies, um, like the Shopify generation. So we really went after that. Um, we're starting to dive more into like hospitality and real estate and B2B companies. Um, so just seeing our growth into like more types of industries and then also more types of media. So um, branching out more into like radio and broadcast. Um, we also have a good amount of traction internationally that is coming to look that, you know, they're selling into the U S and U S consumers, the U S market. Um, and that's gone really well. So we still, we were looking at seeing how we can expand to internationally to other markets as well. That's great. And it is so much easier again, going back to the remote, it's so much easier to work globally these days. Exactly. Yes. So what are your goals for yourself in the next five years besides building your business? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we always put our focus on our work, right? So what do you want to do for yourself? Yeah. What's your personal goals? Well, my previous company, you know, we didn't, we weren't making that much of revenue. We just constantly were fundraising. It was always about like just growing your numbers to a certain metric that you just go fundraise again and again and again. Um, this time, like, I just want to feel independent and in a good place and like have myself a profitable, profitable business that is growing and then be able to like go out and find the right investment at the right time that can help us grow. Um, or maybe we just decide that we can grow on our own without it. Like that would be great too. Um, so I think just feeling a bit more like not having to depend on a VC or investors for, you know, our livelihood or, you know, for, to survive. Um, so that's been something really big I've wanted to do. It's difficult, but it's, <laughs> we're getting there. We're so close. Um, so I think that's something I'd like to do, but also, um, you know, I just got married a couple few months ago. So um, looking to hopefully like start a family soon. And with that comes having to figure out how to manage my work-life balance. Um, and Congratulations. And oh my goodness, you. you're in for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm trying to figure that out, um, how to maintain, uh, yeah, getting, getting a good work-life balance. Um, but, uh, but yeah, other than that, um, you know, I just want to keep growing this business. I really love doing it. I love supporting all these like small, especially like small businesses and, uh, woman-owned founders. We have a lot, we actually have like over 50% on the platform. Um, so I, I just That's love, like, supporting I love these businesses in, in any way we can. So like finding other services that, and things that cause that are valuable to them. Um, yeah, just keep growing and uh, hopefully just sustain my life a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal for everyone, right? Stay balanced. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Where can people find you? 
Um, so you can find me, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find Michelle Sanji. Um, my last name is S-O-N-G-Y. Um, also we're on, uh, my website or company is Presshook. So that's press, P-R-E-S-S-H-O-O-K.com. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. So feel free to connect with me and the company at any time to follow us. Awesome. Great having you on the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.